And welcome back to the Film Realcast. It's episode three. It's Hawkeye time. And of course, I'm joined by Neil. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well, Stu. Thanks for having me here to talk about Hawkeye. A pleasure. A pleasure indeed. And before we get stuck into this, just a reminder, we've just um, finished our review of, oh my God, remind me what we just finished reviewing. Uh, I am Wrath. That is it. It was that good. <laughs> <laughs> the therapy I'm having is clearly working because I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly not worth filling your brain with that no- the knowledge of that film. <laughs> but an entertaining podcast. It was good fun to talk about it. It was good fun. And like, like we said then, please go and check it out because you need to see John Travolta's hair to believe it and his yeah. face. So Definitely. watch it and listen to us. And as Neil says on the pod, watch Terminator, the original one, and uh, you'll see the comparisons between John Travolta's <laughs> face and Arnold Schwarzenegger's rubber latex face. It's amazing. But, oh, yeah. yeah. And next week we're doing 1986 classic Highlander, which yes. I've watched already. It's full of nostalgia for me. It's a film that personally means a lot to me. So mm. I don't know what anyone else thinks of it. I'll be fighting it to the hill all the way so it will be an interesting pod so uh subscribe you won't miss anything we've got highlander much more coming as christmas approaches so uh but at the moment episode three echoes of hawkeye on the disney channel yeah so again we've not spoken about this so i don't know how you're going to feel and mm-hmm. uh vice versa but when we left it last in episode two obviously armand the third was murdered a lot of people blame kate bishop for this You've got the tracksuit mafia who have stepped up their pursuit for both um, Clint and uh, Kate as well. And they're looking for Ronan and they don't know uh, who he is yet, but they believe obviously Kate could be. Clint might have ties. And we're introduced to Mayer as well. And thankfully, in this episode, we find out a lot more of Mayer. So it'll be interesting to see if we get the same opinion or if we get a divide. And I'm really pleased in this episode that you get the character arc of Maya, who's Echo. The fact that, it, it, and I love the the fact that it's so inclusive of everyone. And with regards to in real life, she has got a prosthetic leg and she is deaf in real life. Yeah. And the fact that a lot of other films, a lot of other series with regards to like the inclusivity, I can't even talk. I've got my morning tongue in. <laughs> but including everyone that you look for that kind of that perfection of what kind of is perceived to be perfection don't you and yeah. then you, you get the stereotypes but it's so good and it's so refreshing that kind of the mcu disney whoever you marvel we want to look at it or even now the fact that being inclusive can be anything such a broad spectrum and you've got this um, brilliant actress. She's capable of doing everything with a fake leg and she's deaf as well. And it doesn't hinder or they don't have to really adapt the storyline for this disability, do they? Which is brilliant. Yeah, no, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, isn't it? That they are finally sort of giving everyone a, a chance. And she's she is a fantastic actress in this, I have to be honest. The little girl that portrays a young a young version of her and her story and then obviously when she's older with talking to Clint and Kate it's 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 good it's refreshing I, I liked it to be honest 
Yeah, I found that frighteningly, really, really looked alike the the mm. young mayor at school to the the kind of the actual actress that um, Alaco Cox. I mean, man, they look so alike. It is frightening how similar they are. It is, isn't it? I don't, I don't think they're related in real life. Obviously, I doubt it because no, the I, fact that they've both no got idea. the same injuries and stuff like that. But it's just. Yeah, the the fact that they've been able to cast someone that looks so similar to her is it's amazing, really. Yeah, it's that it's that, that little girl's got that look in her eyes of mm. just that I could kick your ass if I really, really <laughs> wanted to. It is really interesting, and I love the bond that she's got with um, William, who I believe is her father. The the, the bond they've got is really, really nice. And from when she's young, you don't realise that he's really high up in the tracksuit mafia, do you? No, because, I mean, he's got tattoos on his neck and stuff like that. But the conversation that Maya and him have in her bedroom about dragons and all this sort of stuff is really sweet. And he seems like such a lovely guy, he clearly loves his daughter. So at that point, you wouldn't put him in a gang, would you, at all? No, no, he's, he's very soft. He's very gentle with her. And mm. uh, there's that lovely bond. And, and it's nice when they show her doing the karate. And again, he's he's wearing a tracksuit, so there's a slight hint later yes. on as to his affiliations. But and she does look for people's weaknesses and uses her uh, a disability as a strength. And uh, the guy's hands and his feet, the way he's standing, so she can sense like that he's not balanced properly. And it's really good kind of foreshadow as to what happens later on, and that just her abilities really. She, she obviously hasn't got a superpower, but she does use her disability as a certain kind of superpower. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the kid that she fights against in the in the uh, the arena when their children sort of learning karate, he just clearly thinks, oh, she's got one leg and stuff. You know, she's going to yeah. be a pushover and he just can't be bothered. He's almost like, oh, do I have to do this? And then he gets put on his ass, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that he... she. He's so much bigger, isn't he, as you said? He's huge, yeah. And that's the thing, because you see him fight someone else before, and it's basically because he's basically so much bigger. It's not about skill, it's just the fact he's bigger than everybody else, that he's able to push him around. But the fact that he's obviously just like, oh, she's tiny, only got one leg, this is going to be easy. She plays on that massively, and yeah. obviously takes him out. like, And it's it then goes on to when she's older, doesn't she, when she's in the ring with somebody else. Who again yeah. does exactly the same thing? Looks at her leg, as in, well, this is going to be easy, and she uh, kicks his ass as well. A hundred percent, she really does, and uh, she really looks like she means it and is capable of doing it. I mean, mm. I, I was watching her training videos on YouTube, and she was lifting more than her own body weight just to show how capable and physically fit she is. So, Definitely. I, I, she could probably kick quite a lot of ass. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mess with her. No, no, I wouldn't. He's right for this role. <laughs> and it's great because being a 44-minute episode, that the pace is pretty quick in this. It's only after yeah. seven minutes that you, she goes back to like the garage or, or the kind of the the office of where the tracksuit mafia are. I don't know. It's not clear how much she's aware of they are the tracksuit mafia at this point and the, the gang, the affiliations they have. But the, um, I think his name's William. Her dad. He, he's she witnesses him get murdered by Ronan. Um, we know that it's Clint Barton um, from obviously previous 
viewings in the MCU and um, knowing that he was Clint going around killing everyone on a, a massive vengeance, the fact that so many people were taken out, that there was no justice and he just went berserk, didn't he? And just started to basically kill all of these gangs just as revenge. Yeah. And dealing from the fallout that he's dead. So you now know the reasons why Echo wants to hurt and wants to kill anyone attached with Ronan and Ronan um, himself or herself. And it goes from there back to where they've been captured by the tracksuit mafia. And uh, we had problems last week with some of it being really focused on what's actually happening and then taking the audience out by being stupid. Mm. And I still had issues with that at this point. Did you? Massively. It's just, uh, I can see that they're trying to make it a fun sort of comedic thing. You know, I think they're trying to get a balance, aren't they? But, Mm. you know, this, I still have a massive issue with the fact that this tracksuit mafia is supposed to be really hard nut Russian mafia and they're all fucking idiots. Yeah. You know, that that conversation that that guy has with Kate about the fact that he's upset is misses. You good? I buy Imagine Dragons tickets for my girlfriend as like early uh, Christmas gift. Right? Mm, that's so sweet. Good, mm. sweet. Then we had a fight. You know what she said? She mm. said that the tickets were a gift. So she wants to bring her sister. I mean, look on the bright side, you don't have to go see Imagine Dragons. I love Imagine Dragons. Uh, she doesn't even like them. You know, she did this on purpose to hurt me. Look, I think you both owe apologies. Tell her she hurt your feelings, but apologize for pretending that that was a gift for her. Okay, wait, it's super. I need a pen. Just, okay, okay, see you. And he likes this show, which is basically, for, you know not supposed to be for hard nut men and stuff like that it was just you know like, this wouldn't happen would it and it, i i don't know it it still doesn't work for me i can see what they're trying to do but it it sort of takes you out of it yeah exactly exactly i, I felt the same thing you were left with like a, a murder and starting to clue together of what's actually happening and why like she's got that vendetta um being echo to then suddenly this goon talking about taking his girlfriend and getting tickets to go and see Imagine Dragons and just asking her for advice. And one minute you're focused on what's actually going to happen. And then it pulls you right back out too much from, for me personally of the fact that, as you say, Clint's always saying that these mafia, the tracksuit mafia are really serious. They're really dangerous that their leader won't do anything to, to kind of budge on the power that they want and expand their kind of power across all of the other gangs to the people just being, as you say, mate, just being clowns. And I don't like it. I'd rather it just be focused on these guys being really evil and raising the tension where there isn't really any tension at the moment, which, which is a shame. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more, mate, because there isn't any tension. You, You know, at no point during this do you think that they're scary at all because of the because of the way they act and stuff and it's just yeah it's a, like I it's say, a shame I, isn't it? it is a shame i can see what they're trying to do but it, they've just not done it right they've done it too far the other way if they'd had a little element of comedy you know a bit of back and forth but there's still that tension there but there's no tension at all you know clint's falling asleep on this thing that he's 
they're all tied. They're both tied to um, ride on unicorns, aren't they? Yeah. Which you know, and it's just yeah, it's too too far removed. Like I yeah. completely agree. But I like the the conversation between um, Echo, between Maya, and between uh, Clint as well, because she obviously sees he's got a hearing aid, mm. and again, it's that disability, and she doesn't ident- just because he's got a hearing aid, she doesn't identify that as a weakness. You rely too much on technology. Well, my virtue weapon is two sticks and string, so. Now she means your hearing aid. Ah. You might find you better off without it. Yeah, sometimes I think that very same thing. And she only is disappointed in the fact that he uses a hearing aid and doesn't embrace the fact that he can't hear. And she thinks that he's kind of tonally deaf and he has to explain to her, I'm not. And it's interesting that that disappoints her more than anything else, that you have to rely on a hearing aid. And and again, it's Mm. kind of highlighting people's disabilities aren't disabilities and you can still function properly, which is really, really good. And I think she portrays this better than anyone because the fact she doesn't talk and she signs the expressions that she delivers are really really good and you get without any words at all that she's really evil and that she's the leader of this gang that everyone else is frightened of her oh i love the way they do that oh definitely her her facial acting in this is amazing she's the she is sinister she's the only one out of all of them that you would actually genuinely be scared of and her acting in this is is brilliant i have to i have to sort of tip my hat to her and say you know good job and the fact that she actually made it believable yeah and again i like her kind of right hand man is kazi isn't it and he's really good as well and you you kind of learn how evil he is even though it's not kind of portrayed so much Mm -hmm. in this episode maybe later on that it does up the ante every time the echoes on screen and it's just her presence alone and i'm kind of taken out a bit by um kate and i know it's because that she doesn't take the situation serious and it does change i'm glad that she's grabbed by the throat and that she's scared because i think that needs to happen because they need to show us as an audience of just how dangerous this mafia is and just how dangerous um that mayor is and it, it i don't start enjoying it and it sounds really sadistic until <laughs> She's got Kate by the throat and that Kate's scared because that's what I need as like a viewer. Oh, definitely. Because like you like they keep saying and you've alluded to the fact that this is a mafia, you know, a horrible Russian gang that go around killing people and doing these horrendous things. And at the moment, it's just a load of nonsense. And you can just see that Echo has a flashback, doesn't she, from her father yeah. dying to Ronin. And because she's seen her in the suit or knows that she's worn the suit she just becomes incensed doesn't she and the fact that kate doesn't seem to be taking it seriously she grabs her around the throat and almost you know tries to kill her basically yeah. and it takes um Kazi to sort of grab her away and say look calm down and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. definitely it brings you back into the room doesn't it but unfortunately it, you're taken out of that room quite quickly again i think with the next scene Oh, go on then. It'd be interesting to hear what you think. Well, you know, obviously, Clint, while Kazi's talking to Echo, he's sort of saying, calm down. He Clint escapes, doesn't he? Yes. And goes on this little run around the warehouse and starts knocking over shelves and all the Russian guys get sort of knocked over by these empty shelving. 
and stuff. Yeah. And it all becomes, I was waiting for those little whoop noises and stuff like that to start happening. <laughs> You know, you and didn't like that bit. I really thinking. didn't, mate. I did, it just took me out of it again. It's like really hard nut boss and a bunch of idiots that she's in charge of. And you know, the bit where because Maya, uh, sorry, Kate gets um released, doesn't she? Because Clint sort of he gets his bow and arrow yeah. and he fires the arrow and releases her, and then she manages to beat up someone with a shopping trolley. You know, yeah. it's absolute rubbish. You know, I know yeah. it's there for entertainment, but it's just not believable. It, and it just, it's quite, I, yeah, it sort of took me out of it again, really. I guess yeah. you quite liked it. I, I, do you know, I did. I like the fight between um, Maya and between Clint. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good fight. And I love seeing him firing the arrows. And he does it so well. He looks so natural. And, and it's really good fast action and that's what i want and that's what i i love about hawkeye that yeah. he did, he can just fire without even looking and i was disappointed between kazi and kate I, I didn't like that um i kind of I, i'm trying hard to, to to believe and buy into it and the fact that she is very good she's kind of medal winning kind of MMA fighter, boxer, martial arts. So she could possibly handle her own. Uh, I, I Maybe if we would have got more of a backstory about that, it, it would have been better and more believable. But I, I agree with the shopping trolley that, that that wouldn't have stopped anyone. And it just, that kind of, it's too cartoony. It's, yeah. it's just nonsense, yeah. And sound effects maybe would have been better when people are falling into it. And it's just... It wasn't good, but I wasn't kind of taken out of it as much as you was because I started to accept and embrace that it's like fighting the Three Stooges all the time. Yeah. That you're not going to get that, being a kid anyway, that level of violence, but you still can use your imagination and leave it to us to interpret what's going to happen. And kids would interpret it one way, we'd interpret it the other way. And that may work better like we've experienced when we've watched and reviewed things like Halloween. No blood in that at all, really. But I'd interpret it one way, whereas my like 16-year-old son would interpret another. We'd both get the same enjoyment, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I can't disagree with you in the sense that the fight between Clint and Maya is absolutely brilliant. You know, the, the fact that you know it's a, it's a massive show-off of skills between the two of them hmm. and the fact that she kicks him so hard it knocks his hearing aid out of his head and she breaks it and stuff to almost put him on her level yeah if you like but yeah his arrow work is is brilliant and i don't know i get it it's for children as well isn't it hence why it's disney you know they're gonna make yeah. it for for everyone and i i do get it but i just think i can't get away from the fact that as soon as they started fighting as in the mafia guys against Clint, you just knew what was going to happen. It was going to be a cacophony of ridiculous things, and I I wasn't left disappointed by the fact I knew that was going to happen. If you see yeah. what I mean, and it, it just I understand it. Have it in there a little bit if you want to for that ha ha ha. But it was just a bit too much for me. It sort of takes away from what the MCU is a little bit. That's fair enough. I mean, following that they do escape 
and you do get this car chase where they're in a car and they're being followed by three other vehicles and the fact that Mayer's in one of those vehicles, you've got Clint driving, he's got no um, earpiece in, so he can't <laughs> hear. And for me, I really, really enjoy this car chase. It brings me straight back into it. It's really good action, really fast pace. She's firing the arrows and he's driving. So we get to see what she can do with all of these magic arrows, which, again, I've always questioned, how does anyone know what arrows or what and um, mm. what they do? And we get to have so much fun here. Like the first arrow, she fires out the window. It's like a Play-Doh arrow. And <laughs> and even she questions some of these arrows. Yeah. What on earth would you ever use them for? I, I love the fact that that's highlighted because I thought that about so many various arrows in so many films. When would you need this? And it's just brilliant. It's really fast paced. I mean, what did you think of this car chase? I enjoyed most of it. I have to be honest. I, I did enjoy a lot of it. And I love the conversation between, or I say conversation. She says one thing and then he, a couple of seconds later, literally says the same thing because they're on yeah. a similar wavelength because he can't hear anything anymore. And I thought it was very good. And the different arrows, I completely agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, it's, towards the end, it sort of took me out of it again. But during the whole thing, the only thing I didn't like was probably the Christmas tree bit. It was a bit too comedic for me, um, where he runs over the Santa Claus and goes, sorry, Santa. But then it flops back up again. And it's just, oh, fuck's sake, like you get it. <laughs> yeah, I was really getting into it. I just thought it was great because I was just wondering what was going to happen next. I really got yeah. a lethal weapon feel when I was driving mm. through that Christmas tree lot, I really did. I expected to see Riggs hidden somewhere <laughs> doing a drugs deal or something like that. But when you fired that arrow and all of those branches stuck to the car, it is very kid-like. But again, I thought it was really inventive of ways to stop in this car. Would it have stopped the car? Could they have kept going? Possibly. I, I honestly don't know. But I, I loved it when they got to the bridge. And that you kind of thought, how are they going to get out of this? It's the classic tropey bridge scene where you can't yeah. go any further. And well, before that, I'd love to know your opinion of this. I didn't understand it. Even when I watched it for a second viewing, I didn't get it. They shot the traffic, the traffic lights. lights. Yeah. Why did they do that? No what do they get out of that? Because I was thinking, if their traffic light is red and they shot the red traffic lights, the other cars coming from the other way would still be green and they'd still go. And vice versa. So did they shoot? I can't see the advantage. I still in my head, I can't work out. If anyone knows how that got an advantage, we're on Twitter at the Film Real Cast and email us at the Film Real Cast at gmail.com because I don't understand how yeah. this gained them any advantage shooting those two traffic lights apart from honestly, using up two good arrows. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it was do it to show her skill to be able to shoot one after the other i don't know but obviously we know she's already good with a bow and arrow or they were looking to do something else and then decided not to add that scene maybe loads of cars came across or there was a that usual trope where you know yeah. the traffic lights all go green and everyone crashes into each other sort of thing that's in everything it, it was very odd because i watched it a couple of times and like i don't see the necessity of that at all no so, yeah. i struggled the advantage that they get, yeah. I, I still in my mind that it's probably me being a complete dummy that I just don't get it. I'd love to know, but as I said, they, they do get to the bridge, and it's I, it's totally unexpected that the arrow that actually happens that 
you've got the cart coming towards them and he tells her to fire an arrow up in the air and he basically fires another arrow at it. And again, it takes great skill and it shows that her ability um, is it can match his. Or, and it turns into this normal arrow and they kind of cross paths and it activates it into this huge arrow, doesn't it? And takes out this car. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really inventive, really, it's great fun, really unexpected. I mean, were you on the side of that or did you have your head in your hands at this point? Well, no, it's fun because it's obviously used the Ant-Man technology, hasn't it? Yes. Which, which I thought was quite fun to sort of bring another character from the MCU into it. I did afterwards think, bloody hell, who's going to clean up that massive arrow? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But it was still very fun. It was it it was very it was inventive. It was good to be fair. But yeah, I, I had no issue with that at all. To be honest, uh, I thought it was great. And it led to a really nice scene when they escaped on the bridge and they're on the train together, absolutely hanging out their asses. And the dialogue between them is great because she's talking, as you said, he can't hear a thing, and they're just having the same conversation about but. He just can't hear anything, and he actually praises her. Oh, we gotta walk the dog. You're not wrong. He's been cooped up all day. I'm quite sure how long a dog can. Call yourself one of the world's greatest archers. Oh my God, you really think so? I won't lie, I, I wasn't sure how I'd do it. Pipes, walk the dog. What do you think? They're cooped up all day. It's such a nice compliment that he gives her. And and it's like the bond between them is really nice. And it goes on and it's a nice moment. And I think it kind of makes him even more human. And it gives her a kick up the ass to how real things are yes. when Nathaniel calls his son. Oh, and yeah, and he can't hear. And, she, and I think it's really sweet that she realizes what's going on and translates and writes it down. And it kind of, it shows the stakes that he has got a family and kind of what he's doing, he's missing his family and he, mm. if he dies, he, they'll lose him. And it, it kind of plays out the seriousness of it. And also that he's just a human being, regardless, I know she ha um, holds him in such high regard that he just get his ass kicked along with everyone else. And it is serious what they're doing. And I think it brings a really good slant on this. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you, to be honest, mate. I, I think it sort of brings it home a little bit that he just wants to go home for Christmas, doesn't he? And he doesn't want yeah. to disappoint his children. Obviously, he lived through the blip where he didn't have his children around and all these things, you know, and it's so important to him. And he's basically having to stay there for her because she was stupid enough to put on the Ronin costume. And obviously because of his ties to that he can't do it he can't just leave because he knows what will happen so yeah. you do see this realization with kate don't you that she's like oh, i've really fucked up here and he is actually a really decent bloke sort of thing yeah. and i need to take this a bit more seriously now rather than trying to be something that i'm not ready to be yet yeah definitely and, and it's strange because you do get that sentimental moment between both of them when they do, especially her. I mean, Kate realises the stakes. Um, and then further on, you get that scene in the diner when he gets his hearing aid repaired and they're sitting having a coffee. 
Mm. And she's started to design a costume for him. And I know it's done for the element of fun, the fact that he said, well, you you realise for the past 20 years I've got by by people not knowing who I am and you want to make a costume that uh, it kind of shows how immature she is in a way. And sometimes I don't need to be reminded of that because they've done that enough in this series already. I I wish I'd just crack on with it and show her developing a proper character arc for her. Yeah, I I do see what you're saying. I quite, I kind of liked it because he actually sort of sets out in layman's terms, doesn't he? To at this point, it's like, look, I am not a role model to anyone. I don't want a silly costume. I love the line where he said, "If I wear this, my wife will divorce me." Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. There are several reasons why I never wear a flashy costume. My job is to be number one, a ghost. Number two, my wife would divorce me if I put something like this on. Hmm? She's mature in a lot of ways, but she's very immature in others. And yeah. I think she's starting to finally sort of cotton onto the fact, like I said earlier, of how serious all this is rather than it's just a bit of a game. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think it's a good direction. And I think it's a wise decision to... Mm. Uh, to not beat the same drum all the time with regards to uh, kind of her seeing this as just one long game and any excitement of it that I think once she realises the stakes which she is doing now that this series will get even better than it is at the moment and their relationship will bond even more and it's when they go back to um, her mum's address when they go back to Eleanor's house because they've got the computer there she works for a company she says she can hack into their computer um, and find out a bit more about who Jack is because she's spoken about Jack and that she doesn't trust Jack Dalton. Um, And we know obviously as a viewer that she's got every right to suspect that. Um, And also um, Kazi as well. And it's, it's interesting that, and I always wonder this because I'm just average Joe. I know she went to a private school. She's very clever girl, but when she goes into the system and he says, yeah, just do a search on Kazi to see if there's anything on him. And where did she get um, his whole name from? I have no idea. Because she starts typing in like Kazi Kaminiak and spelling it perfectly right. And conveniently, he is in the system. Yeah. And it obviously opens up a whole new page of different suspects. And it kind of starts to get really fishy. And it's so conveniently tropey in these films when they do that, isn't it? Yeah. Unless he knows who he is and has told her in the car, but it wasn't said to us that's the, way, that's the only way i can think of it because there's no way on earth you're going to know that that's his name are you or oh, to spell so, it i mean i know it's a yeah. nitpick from me but um oh, i am being very very picky but that's true they though. do work it's... out well yeah i know if you give it to the audience you need to sell it end of the day don't you yeah i completely agree so and they do work out the slowed industries and more clues for future episodes as to where things are going and it's when Clint walks off, we hear the door creak and she doesn't because she's obviously working on a computer, that there's someone else in the building. She gets locked out of that account. They probably realise that she's the one trying to hack into it like they do in many other films. And that's when uh, Jack's there with Ronan's sword, with uh, Clint's sword, and he puts it to his throat. And I love the ending of this. I think it opens up to so many different possibilities. I mean, what did you think about that? Were you surprised? Did you enjoy it? 
I wasn't surprised. I thought there's no way they're going to go there and nothing's going to happen. So I had a funny feeling that this would probably be how it ended. But I'm pleased it was because it's it's nice to bring Jack back into it. And especially the fact that he's got Ronin's sword against Ronan. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the beginning of the next episode. But he's clearly sort of got an agenda, hasn't he? And potentially an evil man or a criminal you know so uh, yeah i enjoyed it but i what didn't come as a surprise let's put it that way no no i i I kind of foresee i mean i've not looked at any of this i've really really tied my hands to my sides Mm. and not looked at anything and it's probably going to be obvious and people listening to this will think well of course it is due honestly what else do you think is going to happen but the chances are that the uncle they were talking about or the leader of the tracksuit mafia is going to be jack isn't it or am I wrong? Uh, potentially. Potentially. I don't know if it is or if he's got his own agenda. Because I was thinking that he might be that leader and that when they were talking about mayor answers to one person who wants power, that whether that was going to be Jack. And the next scene you'll see in their house, it will be, um, mayor will be in their house. And then it might whether it's too early on to do that i mean it's episode four next week so it might not be whether it will suddenly bring everyone together and they'll have that jaw-dropping moment with oh how could you and i suspected so and all like scooby-doo <laughs> lines that they use uh, i don't know it might play out like that it might play a completely different direction but i don't know what do you, do you think that's too tropey too predictable no i don't think it's too predictable i think it's a very good way of thinking about it to be honest it's you know, I like you, I don't really look into the history of it all. And, you know, so it, I like to be surprised by it. Like I said, I unfortunately came across something the other day, which sort of I did mention, but I'm not going to talk about it again. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't, I honestly didn't put the two and two together. So it's fun that you've come to that conclusion. I just thought he was going to be yeah. a guy on his own, sort of doing his own thing. So it's interesting that you've put those two together and it'll be interesting to find out which way it goes, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. It'll be, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. As I say, I've not looked at any history. I've not looked at no. anything at all because I just don't want it spoiled and it's just good fun making guesses at the end of the day. I mean, mm. do you think this is improving? I know there was issues with regards to fighting and different scenes in this. Um, in your eyes, is this getting better or is it still just plateauing out? No, I have to say I enjoyed it. Um a lot more this week um i think they're sort of moving the story on and now that echoes in it and it's an actual element of danger um it sort of ramped it up a bit and obviously the ending of the episodes sort of has ramped it up even more and i have to say the relationship between uh, the two main characters kate and clint has come on leaps and bounds as well so i thought it was a, a thoroughly good episode to be honest and has much improved on the first two. What yeah, it's interesting you say that. And Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mum, wasn't in this episode. Thank God. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I completely agree. I, I think it's improving in every single way. I think their relationship's improving. The, the action scenes are, are more fun. It's really original to some of the things they're doing. Mm. Um, the introduction, as you said, mate, of Maya Lopez is absolutely brilliant. Such a great character, a real breath of fresh air. And it's turning out for me at a moment to possibly be 
the best series um, that they've released on Disney Plus yet because it's going in a great direction. I, I love the fact that it makes especially everything that Clint's been through with regards mm. to um, Thanos and the Battle of New York and that he had the backup of such amazing characters being part of such a great team, gods and geniuses and everything that mm. this really makes him mortal of that he's got to break into different places and his only backup is a 22-year-old girl. He's got no technology. He can't call upon anyone for assistance. And it just shows his abilities of being just a normal human being rather than a superhero. Mm-hmm. So you see him really out of his comfort zone. And I, I like that about him. I think that makes him a better character for me and more enjoyable to watch because it's we've had so much of the tech of Captain America and obviously WandaVision, uh, the, the magic of Loki. So it's nice to be on Earth with without any, obviously his arrows, but without any magic, mm. just plain action. And I think this time, this is what I needed because I was getting a bit magicked out, to be honest. Yeah, no, I can't I can't disagree. I think him as a character is, is a very good character. And it's nice, like we said before, it's nice to explore his character and the fact like you say he's just he's just a guy but he's clearly very very talented um whether i'd say it's aiming to be the best i still think um falcon and the winter soldier was just so good um that it's got a long way to go before it beats that for me yeah that's great that's great it's brilliant that everyone's got their opinions i think it's Mm. so good on the internet that people are so divided over this i think it's really really good but yeah that's it for this week that's episode three as i said there's so much more on our youtube channel the ghostbusters one and two has just been uploaded you've got the back to the future trilogy there's just loads so go to youtube of the film realcast and subscribe and there's loads being added every single week to that and we've got highlander next week it's an old film but it's a classic with one of the best soundtracks ever made for a film (laughs) all done by queen it's so good so join us then and that is it from us for this week and thanks ever so much neil for joining us again and uh, we'll be back next week for highlander have a good weekend guys you take care